Hey, the world's full of fantastic music. Each month, we explore an album of significance, its roots, how it makes us feel, and then banter about its influence and staying power. Join us on our journey as we dissect, discuss, and discover some of the world's greatest albums on The Sonic Collective. Hey there, friends. It's Alan with The Sonic Collective, and it's my turn to pick the album we're reviewing for July of 2022. So a couple of months ago, my girlfriend somehow stumbled onto the band Alice in Chains for the first time and very quickly began extolling their music and specifically the album Dirt as being just pure genius. Now, this is pretty high praise from someone who has never really demonstrated much of an interest in 90s alternative music. I was very curious to find out what makes this album special to a girl who was born a year before it even came out, didn't grow up listening to the genre, and often chooses country music or classic rock over the heavier alternative stuff. I figured I should probably do a deep dive, and this would make for a really good pick for the Sonic Collective to review and unpack. Now, I'm a 90s kid, so Alice in Chains isn't really new to me, but that being said, I have never actually explored their discography any deeper than whatever hit rock radio and MTV. As I'm telling you this, I have yet to actually play a full Alice in Chains album. So I have no idea if the singles from Dirt, you know, uh, Wood and Rooster, for example, are going to be representative of what the rest of the album actually sounds like. I anticipate I'm probably going to like the album because I tend to like most of the stuff that came out of the early 90s Seattle rock scene. But that isn't a guarantee. I mean, I expected to like our last pick, Joy Division's album, Unknown Pleasures, and if you caught our review, uh, you'll know that I was extremely disappointed by it, even though it had all the ingredients there and I should have liked it in theory. Anyway, it's always interesting to listen to things that seem familiar with a more analytical lens anyway, so of course, I'm eager to hear what the rest of the guys think about this album as well. And now for some backstory. Alice in Chains was formed in Seattle in 1987 by guitarist and vocalist Jerry Cantrell and drummer Sean Kinney, who later recruited the bassist Mike Starr and the lead vocalist Lane Staley. The four guys were only a band for about two weeks before they had already booked their first show, which was a 40-minute set at Washington State University. After playing gigs at various venues across the Pacific Northwest for a few months, the band went into the studio to cut a demo, and they called it the Treehouse Tapes, which was then passed around to local music managers until it landed in the hands of an A&R rep for Columbia Records. And by 1989, these guys were signed to a major label. Their first album, titled Facelift, was certified gold by the RIAA after selling half a million copies, which is pretty impressive, and notably, they were the first banned from the Seattle grunge scene to sell a gold-certified record. The album we are reviewing this month, Dirt, was Alice in Chains' 1992 follow-up. Apparently it deals with a lot heavier subject matter and darker imagery than Facelift. You know, things like addiction, war, pain and depression, uh, and violence, police brutality, all of these things. Jerry Cantrell once said of it, we deal with our daily demons through music. All of the poison that builds up during the day, we cleanse that when we play. 
Even the recording process was not without its dark moments. Lane Staley, the singer, had just checked out of rehab for a heroin addiction and almost immediately relapsed. And he wasn't even the only one in the band who was battling demons at the time, since Mike Starr and Sean Kinney were also both struggling with alcoholism during the recording process. Here's an interesting anecdote. The band had just arrived in Los Angeles to record a portion of the album at an L.A. studio when the city erupted into riots following the acquittal of four LAPD officers caught on camera beating Rodney King, an unarmed black motorist. We discussed this particular world event when we reviewed The Chronic by Dr. Dre. Jerry Cantrell just so happened to be in a store buying some beer when the rioting began, and he witnessed a man come into the store and begin looting. On his way out, he got stuck in traffic, and he saw people pulling each other out of their cars and administering beatdowns. Pretty wild stuff. The band did manage to get out of town without getting hurt. They ducked out in Joshua Tree Desert for a few days until the rioting and looting had subsided, but needless to say, the entire recording process for the album was rife with all kinds of chaos, and apparently the stuff they experienced in LA also sort of influenced that dark moodiness that is present on this album. And yet, somehow, Dirt went on to become their biggest commercial success. It was released in September of 1992, it peaked at number 6 on the Billboard Top 200, and it stayed on the charts for 102 weeks. This release skyrocketed Alice in Chains into the global conversation, a wave they no doubt rode in part thanks to the meteoric rise in popularity of other Seattle-area bands around the same time, bands like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Nirvana, to name a few. In the time since Dirt was released, it has been certified platinum no less than four times, and that's just in the U.S., where it sold something like 300,336,000 copies, some insane number like that. Five singles were spawned from this album, and to this day, it continues to be a highly acclaimed album. Many publications have cited Dirt as the band's best work, and highly influential and important among rock, metal, and grunge gatekeepers alike. Kerrang! awarded its Critics' Choice Album of the Year for 1992. Steve Huey of All Music said, Dirt is Alice in Chains' major artistic statement and the closest they ever came to recording a flat-out masterpiece. It's a primal, sickening howl from the depths of Lane Staley's heroin addiction and one of the most harrowing concept albums ever recorded. Nearly every song is imbued with the morbidity, self-disgust, and or resignation of self-aware yet powerless addicts. Huh. Seems like we're in for a deep dive into a real dark place with this album. Chains would have a tumultuous future from this point forward. The bassist Mike Starr left in 1993, and he was replaced by former Ozzy Osbourne bassist Mike Inez. Starr would sadly succumb to his drug addiction years later in 2011. After an extensive world tour, Alice in Chains went into the studio to record their 1994 acoustic-based EP they called Jar of Flies, which, you know, did pretty well in sales. However, by this point, Lane Staley's drug use had just become too much, prompting the band to pull out of their supporting tour and apparently they even broke up for a brief period of time here. At any rate, they were inactive for more than two and a half years, 
finally resurfacing to perform MTV Unplugged in 1996. They played a few more high-profile shows, including supporting KISS on their 96-97 Alive-slash-Worldwide tour, and this tour would include the final live appearance of Lane Staley, who was found unresponsive after a show due to a heroin overdose. He would recover from this, but it caused the band to once again take a very long hiatus, and due to personal reasons, Staley would ultimately become extremely reclusive, rarely leaving his apartment in the years that followed. Over the years, the band members would continue to make recordings here and there, often independently, and they would never release another album of original music with Staley. He would be found dead in his condominium in Seattle on April 19th, 2002, and the autopsy concluded that he had probably died some two weeks prior. The band would lay dormant for another few years until 2004, when Sean Kinney suggested they perform a reunion show to raise funds for victims of a tsunami that had recently hit Southeast Asia. Guest vocalist filled in for the position Staley had left vacant. This one-off concert went well enough that Alice in Chains decided to make their reunion permanent, and eventually hired a singer named William Duvall as Staley's replacement. In the years since, the reformed Alice in Chains has released three full-length albums, the most recent of which was 2018's Rainier Fog, and in April of 2022, William Duvall, their new vocalist, hinted that the band was working on their seventh album, and he was benchmarking that to be released later in this year. We'll see how that goes, but it's good to know that despite their troublesome history, the band is still out there doing its thing. And they've left one hell of a legacy. I mean, all you have to do is look at their Wikipedia article, and you'll see all kinds of awards, accolades, and celebrations. Even some kind of unexpected ones. Here's my favorite. Elton John stated that he's a fan of Alice in Chains, and specifically a big admirer of Jerry Cantrell. I mean, I don't know if that makes Elton John cooler, or if it makes Alice in Chains cooler. But either way, that's pretty high praise coming from Sir Elton. Anyway, there it is, a very, very brief history of Alice in Chains. And hopefully as we dive into their sophomore album, Dirt, we'll get a better sense of who this band is, what they were dealing with back in 1992, and maybe we'll figure out why my girlfriend likes this band so much, and whether or not I should be worried she's going to leave me for a long-haired rocker dude who can bust out some sweet harmonies. As always, we would love to hear from you too. Do you know this album? Tell us what you think. Never heard of it before? Cool. Why not give it a listen and connect with us on all the usual social media networks and tell us how you felt about it. And of course, check back at the end of July so you can hear what all the members of the Sonic Collective think about Alice in Chains' album, Dirt. I have been Alan. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you at the end of the month. Thanks for listening and exploring with us. We'll be back real soon with another pick and critique of albums that matter here at the Sonic Collective.